This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome back to another episode of Flush. My name is Heva, and today we have part two of the Caitlin episode. So in this part of the interview, we talk about dating, sex, dating apps, how to curate your dating app bio, being in a relationship, manifestation, and so much more. I hope you enjoy this part of the interview. If you enjoy this episode, please send it to someone who you think might benefit from it. And don't forget to leave a five-star review. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you see new episodes right when they drop. And also, don't forget that you can leave a voicemail if you want to hear yourself on the podcast. The link to do that is in the bio. And also, the link to find Caitlin is in the bio. Without further ado, part two of the Caitlin Beth episode. Okay, so you were single for many years. Almost seven. I mean, I was celibate for seven, so. You're like, that's nothing. (laughs) And when I say that, so, you know, that number, people are like, whoa, like I I had short relationships. I was actively dating. So, Mm -hmm. but for me, that's like the big example I use is no one came home to meet my family. Right. Which right. is a big marker for me. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, were you on dating apps during that time? Uh, yes. I would take breaks when it was feeling not good. Mm-hmm. But I always felt like it was a really useful tool. Yeah. For dating. Yeah. What would you say to someone who is single wants to be in a relationship, but, and I'm, I'm kind of drawing on my former self, you know, I really, really wanted a partner, but I was like, dating apps just don't feel right. Or like, I don't know. I think it just made me feel a little icky Mm -hmm. for a long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's a super common feeling. Um, I would remind the person that it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Like Mm -hmm. I think, I I notice people kind of fall into two camps of either like, I'm not going to be on them. I don't like it. Or like, I'm trying to date as much as humanly possible. Mm -hmm. And I think like many things in life, it can be a more happy medium Mm -hmm. where you're very discerning. You, you kind of have an idea of what you want and what you're looking for and filter accordingly. Um, And if you're one of those people that's like, oh, I don't want to do that, that's a really good opportunity to ask yourself why. Right. Yeah. Because for me, and I'm not going to project my experience onto anyone else, but for me, there was a lot deeper there. You know what I mean? I would be like, oh, it just doesn't feel right in my gut or whatever. I try to lean on to these kind of woo-woo things as an excuse. But really, there was a lot of, I don't know, fear of being seen. I had a lot of repressed sexual stuff like I've had a 
very difficult time viewing myself as an adult sexual woman who's allowed to date. You know, I grew up in a very strict Middle Eastern household. So even though, you know, I'm in my 30s, it's taken a long time for me to be like, no, actually, I'm allowed to date. Like it's, it's you know, I'm no longer going to get yelled at by my dad if I talk on the phone with a boy. <laughs> Let's hope not. <laughs> I mean, who knows? <laughs> he might call me after this episode. Who knows? <laughs> Yeah. And, and I think, I mean, I, I, I just wonder whenever we are so rigid about something, there's always more there mm-hmm. because you, when you're holding on too tightly, you're gonna, you know, break whatever the thing is. So it's like, if you are easy breezy, happy with yourself, I don't want to be on dating apps. I think that's a totally different thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I will say when Van Guy and I broke up, I was like, maybe I'll download dating apps again eventually, but I just have no interest right now. Like I like the last thing I cared about was dating, you know, like I just I was like, I ended this relationship. I'd really love it if the universe could reward me with a lot of career success now for doing this thing that's really hard for me. But the last thing I gave a shit about was dating. And so I think that's a very different energy versus before when I really, really wanted a partner. But it's like. I just wanted it to fall into my lap. I think a lot of us also have this kind of like Disney fairy tale thing where we just want to like really kismetly meet someone and have this really cool story and dating apps sometimes feel a little sterile. Like it feels a little like it's, it's like, it it feels like you're putting too much effort in you know what i mean or yeah or just kind of boring yeah like well uh it was a tuesday and we had a you know a drink at the bar two blocks from my house and then i went home (laughs) like it can be kind of boring (laughs) yeah and that's okay um i i I also just i don't know i feel like people need to find whatever balance works for them, right? So it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, don't be treating it like it's a part-time job. At the same time, have intentionality behind it. Mm -hmm. You know, choose your photos uh, that in accordance to like who you are and how you live your life. Take 10 minutes to write a bio. Right. And it's like little things like, and then on the other side, when you're, you know, looking for people, it's like, if people haven't taken the time to do that stuff, that sends a message. Right. Yeah. I used to always swipe left if a guy had nothing in his written in his bio. Like, I don't care how good looking you are. I don't care if you're fucking like 12 feet tall. (laughs) You're not going to ghost on that. I mean, it just makes me laugh because like back in the, in, you know, in the day of like match.com and OkCupid, you had to fill out such an extensive profile Mm -hmm. because though the intention of those websites Yes, websites. <laughs> For those of you over 28 years old, you remember those? Yeah. Um, were to find a partner. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, I think it was, you know, Tinder that really started the idea of like app culture, hookup culture. Well, I think it was Grinder first. Oh, okay. And then Tinder was kind of modeled after Grinder. Gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Which is interesting because... I have, <laughs> I've heard that studies show that people are having less sex 
than they used to. Really? I think we just like, maybe it's in our face more. Right. And so we're like, oh, everyone's running around, but they're actually not. Interesting. Because think about, about it this way. Someone our parents' age, or well, my parents are a little older, but it, in the 60s, because they didn't have social media, everyone just kind of did their thing. And, mm. you know, unless you're like gossiping with your friends or something, like you don't know what people are doing. Right, right, right. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. I want to come back to sex. First, what advice would you give to someone who is on dating apps about how to curate their profile? Oh my God. I love this topic. Um, so, okay. If, if, if you're working with me, we get like really nitty gritty about this, but just to give like kind of a sweeping helpful tool. So you know how there's like so many different types of personality tests. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I like using that type of thing, like looking for those qualities about yourself in photos. Okay. So let's use astrology as an example. Okay. So, you know, what are the things about me that show my um, Aquarius sun? Um, creative, independent. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd look for photos that I'm like, oh, this shows me being that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. My Capricorn moon is drive, ambition, control freak, mm -hmm. organized, you know. Okay. How, how does that present itself in a positive way? Taurus, you know, probably me on a mountain or me cooking dinner, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, or like if, um, you know, for anyone familiar with like identifying your authentic code or like your core values or your, you know, core desired feelings, um, those even just using like those words to be like, mm -hmm. what's a photo that represents that for me? Mm, I love that. So more feeling than like, oh, this is the perfect polished picture of me okay yeah. okay so that's for pictures any advice on you know i know hinge i think both hinge and bumble have prompts that you can answer right yes Is that yes yeah. I, by the way i hear that hinge now you can do voice like a voice memo yeah okay so <laughs> so many feelings <laughs> um also now you can add a video so I think whatever the technology is, lean into it as much as you can. Okay. So put a voice note. It can be silly. It can be like, oh, I was thinking about, because to me, someone's voice was always so, such a big factor mm -hmm. that I was completely gambling with until yeah. the first date and they open their mouth and you're like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I had some real, real bad scares that I could have avoided. <laughs> long ago um yeah so do the voice memo thing um do put a video um because then it's like your full body you know in mm -hmm. space it's not just like a headshot um I, I feel I hate when people are like uh don't know why I'm on here or like like don't say anything negative yeah you know yeah like we just survived a pandemic and life is hard enough like we're all here because we're looking for something right and we're all looking for connection <laughs> yeah regardless of the level of it is so like just yeah you don't need oh oh, oh and the thing of like um like swipe left if oh you're my God. Blah, blah, blah. i was just gonna say that it's like you sound so jaded 
Like, like it's just... no, you swipe left because the person obviously isn't what you're looking for. So that's on you. Oh, and then of course, I don't know if you've seen this like trend on TikTok of <laughs> people saying like, choose a different prompt. Like people that are like, well, I don't know the answer to that question. It's like, well. Yeah, there are six. <laughs> There's, why would you choose uh, the one that you don't know the answer okay. to? <laughs> Thanks, Craig. Yeah. <laughs> No offense, Craig. Um, I I think you just, I, I even encourage people to like make it a little ritual for yourself. Like, especially if you're doing it for the first time or if you're downloading it after some time away, set up an evening where you're home, you're in a comfortable place, like make yourself your favorite beverage and like make it as enjoyable of an experience as you can. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of fun. Yeah, I love that. Or even like ask your best friend to weigh in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite prompts on Bumble is the, um, what do your friends say about you? Ooh. And then you can literally like give a quote. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. I don't remember that. I really like a, not for Bumble, but a two truths and a lie. Because I think it's an easy thing for someone else to respond to. Right. If like if I saw someone's like on Bumble where, you know, I always had to make the first move. If I saw that someone had a two truths and a lie in their profile, I would just guess what the lie is because it's just an easy icebreaker. Yeah, totally. It's th- not necessarily where you can show the most about yourself. Although, I mean, you could depending on how you right. structure it. Right. I always liked a really easy go-to for me was um, a vacation picture. And I would say, oh, where was that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Super easy. They can answer the question. And then, you know, oh, was that your first time there? Like, even though it's like, people are like, oh, everyone likes to travel. It's like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a really easy conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and that's another thing. I mean, th- these are all just my little personal opinions, but like, you don't need to be this, you know, mega superstar world traveler, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I, for me, that's a red flag. If it's like, oh, all the vacations I've gone on, me and fancy cars. It's like if that if that is truly like your life and your values, then obviously go for it. But like, I don't know, just like be yourself. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, in fact, I would swipe left if people talk too much about travel in their profile because I'm not nomadic. Like, I'm a Taurus. I fucking love my house, you know? Like, I, and not to say I don't want to travel ever. I mean, I'd love to travel. A big goal of mine is to, you know, live somewhere else for the winter by a beach. Like, my really long term life plan is to live in two places always but I'm not trying to fucking travel every week of the year you know I love being home so yeah. or what what I love is like the behind the scenes of the reality of that is like this person working a job where they work so many hours a week you like don't have time to see them yeah. and then oh great a few weeks of the year you get yeah. to go on vacation like yeah. <laughs> okay I would also swipe yeah. left on attorneys because I, I you know I'm an attorney I know what their work hours are and I know that they're not going to have time for the type of relationship that I want. Yes. I would say one like little random piece of advice is like, if you have that thing where you're like, Oh, you never know. Or 
people are always like, oh, give them a chance. I think we're much more intuitive than we want to give ourselves credit for. Mm -hmm. And so like, so to use myself as an example, when I was newly single at 28, after a long relationship, um, I, so I was a creative, liberal artist, like weirdo, always have been very comfortable about that. And I would be like, well, like maybe I'll get along with a finance guy. I was never going to get along with a finance guy. Like what? Like, so like, and, and, and this is not knocking if you work in finance. I just was fooling myself. I was, you know, saying like, oh, you never know. And going on dates with these people that I had nothing in common with. Right. Okay. I have a question on that and it's kind of deep, but how do you differentiate if it's, like really your intuition being like, no, this isn't for you. Or if maybe there's some other kind of resistance or a block there. Mm. I think you touched upon that in a recent episode. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The intuition versus anxiety. Right. Yeah. Uh, And I completely agree with you. Like, it's like, is it, is it that of anxiety or is it calm? Okay. Is it a feeling of peace? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I love that. Yeah. And I think it takes work to trust that intuitive knowing. Like, I think we get pings all the time of like, oh, check that out. Or "Mm, maybe go that way that we ignore Mm -hmm. because maybe we're a little scared. And so, you know, I think it, it, it takes a lot of work, but to, to as much as you can, like slow down, even in like little moments Mm-hmm. tune in with yourself the body doesn't lie mm-hmm. so it's like how how are you physically responding to that mm-hmm. um and then and letting yourself sit with it you don't always have to like decide right away i love that anything else you want to say on dating apps specifically dating apps i think they're a very useful tool i think taking breaks is super helpful um i think you can be super intentional in terms of literally like setting a timer mm-hmm. and like, you know, while you're unwinding in the evening, watching TV, you know, being like, okay, 25 minutes. And then mm-hmm. after that I'm done. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to, you know, if you're messaging people before you exchange numbers to be like, Oh, <laughs> sincerely, just so you know, um, I, I kind of limit myself with how much I'm on here. So, and if the conversation develops, then I would say, you know, get their Instagram or their number, but, um, it's okay to have those boundaries. Yeah. I love that. Okay. I want to switch gears to maybe my favorite thing to talk about. I don't know. It might be tied with poop, but, um, in terms of things to talk about, (laughs) I don't know what this says no, about no, I, me as a person. I, I was with you. <laughs> um, but that's sex. Oh, yes. So, yeah, let's talk about sex and dating. Okay. So, we have friends, various friends with different attitudes on this, right? Like We do. I, I've heard people say, no sex until you're monogamous. 
I've heard people say no sex until a certain number of weeks or months or whatever. Uh, we've heard people, you know, what is it? The old cliche three date rule. Uh-huh. Um, we've heard people say no sex until I love you. I mean, there's all these various rules. What's your take on this as, you know, someone who's dated a lot and also as a, a coach? Yeah. Um, oh man, this for me, um, throughout my dating life personally, honestly, was one of my biggest bugaboos mm-hmm. in terms of um, I I have a high sex drive and to me it's like a very important piece of my humanity mm-hmm. and being a human being. And so I would often get really frustrated when I was looking for a partner and being very intentional about it but then having this big part of my life that wasn't met, these needs right. weren't met. Right. And so being the kind of like, um, I don't know, body confident, like interested in kink person that I am, I would sometimes just look for sex um, and had both great experiences and terrible experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and I should probably talk about that more in general, but, um, I think it really boils down to the individual. Um, I will say though, that all of my, uh, years of like one night stands, I, I know that if I'm honest with myself, I was, I was just looking for love, intimacy, connection, Mm -hmm. validation outside myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I didn't care, you know, if that was just filled in this tiny little um, piece, you know, this one night of, of a tiny sensation of that feeling. Um, because I'm sorry to blame some of our like programming from media. You know, you and I grew up where we were young when like, let's say sex in the city was popular. So the message I received was, well, if you're a strong, successful, powerful woman, you fuck whoever you want. Right. Right. Yeah. Do whatever you want. And I went, Oh, okay. And I was a late bloomer. I lost my virginity when I was 24. So I, well, that's a longer story too, but I, I was with a partner who I was with for a long time. So like, Sex for me started off as very beautiful and wholesome. And then I didn't, you know, it didn't have that until I was a little older. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to fuck whoever I want. And then it took like, you know, a little work for me to realize like, ah, oh, I don't know if it's worth it. Mm-hmm. And that's not knocking one night stands. I think they can be beautiful, but it's like, if that's kind of the general pursuit, it's almost like eating fast food. You know, it's like you're looking for that dopamine hit to satisfy that craving when when you really need a nourishing meal. Right. That's such a good analogy. Wow. I love it. People make fun of me for how much I do analogies. I always blame it on being a lawyer because that's how you write legal briefs. It's you just analogize. But that is a fucking good analogy because you know what? It's so good in the moment, although sometimes it's not even that good in the moment. But then afterwards, you definitely feel like shit. (laughs) (laughs) More often than not. I was going to say not always. But once in a while, you know, I've hit up McDonald's before pre-being vegan and, you know, just gotten all the nuggets and the fries and like a nice milkshake. I'm partial to the strawberry milkshake. I like a 
uh, soft serve with caramel syrup or just the cone, you know, and I finish it and I've been like, you know what? It was so fucking delicious. And the next day I was like, I am so happy I made that choice. Exactly. And I, this is, I mean, you know, you, you're very into food and I think, uh, (laughs) Taurus. Exactly. Um, I mean, I feel like we said something at the beginning about, uh, everyone is different. So some people can eat fast food fairly regularly and like, they're fine. Right. Some people can have a lot of casual sex and they are so happy. Right. Some people can't. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, it's really hard to, and, and problematic to say that these rules apply to everyone. Right. Because it's like saying, oh, all relationships are supposed to be like this. It's like, well, that's not how it goes. Like we all know my, one of my best friends, her husband of 10 years started off as a booty call, you know, like, Ooh, yeah, yeah, that happens. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I will say uh, all of this. And if you are looking for a partnership, a primary partnership, someone who you want to be the real deal, I think waiting to get to know them is never a bad thing. Mm-hmm. because like let's say the first date is like so uh, like magnetic and amazing and you're like oh my god I want to go home with them so bad oh my god go for it but that chemistry is not going to go away mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and maybe those butterflies actually are signaling like anxiety and right <laughs> yeah or like an anxious attached situation exactly yeah. exactly or maybe you are letting your physical attraction and your desire kind of override the the person that's in charge of the long-term plan mm-hmm. so i think if you know i think you don't have to have a rule and you don't have to follow any of these rules and if you get to know someone, it is just going to be so much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Having that emotional peace, feeling safe, feeling connected. I mean, yeah. I think we can agree. Like having sex with someone you don't know and having sex with someone you're in love with are two completely different things. Yep. They should. I feel like they should have different names. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, God, it's so cheesy, but like making love, right? Like you're literally making love versus when you're just banging some dude, that's, you're definitely not making love. No. (laughs) Oh, and I mean, let's talk about to get back to the gay thing. My, my gay agenda. Um, (laughs) (laughs) They're like, and we're turning this off. Um, So let's call a spade a spade. Um, I feel like heterosex is often kind of has a certain formula, right? Right. You make out, there's maybe some foreplay, and then the dude comes. Right. Or if he's kind of like a more conscious whatever, then he waits until you come, and then he comes. It's still formulaic. (laughs) Yes. The finale being him finishing right and then it's done and then it's literally done (laughs) Done. and you go to bed or you go to work or whatever yeah you pee if you're a girl you should pee yes heads up reminder (laughs) and uh i have to tell you just between us uh it's from what i gather it's like the 
queer sex, it's like those those rules, those that formula just doesn't exist mm. because if you're, you know, if you have the same body parts, it's more of a give and take, right? An exchange can be, um, and well, also women can have multiple orgasms, right? So yeah, yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, um, but I, the reason I want to bring this up is because I think. Again, it's so important and it's it's a scary topic and insensitive, but like if you're a straight woman and whether you're single or in a relationship and like if it's not happening for you, like there's other options. For example, like I think we should normalize like toys more. Right. Like it really surprises me how a lot of straight people don't use any accoutrement in yeah. the bedroom yeah and it like doesn't have to be kinky yeah it's helpful yeah for sure do you do you know when you had your first orgasm yes because I didn't masturbate as like a teenager okay um just because I don't know I mean I guess like my friends weren't talking about it I right. hadn't no like... one talked about yeah. it no one no one <laughs> I remember the first time someone talked about it and I was, I was driving a car. It was, we were coming back from college for like fall break and I was giving a ride to a few girls from my hall. Cause I weirdly had my call as a car as a freshman. And I remember this girl, we were talking about losing our virginities and she's like, well, technically like physically I lost my virginity to my vibrator. And she goes on this really long story about a vibrator. And I was like, like trying to not crash. The... Meanwhile, I'd been masturbating unknowingly since I was like, you know, a toddler pretty much. Right, right. So I wasn't even scared. But the fact that someone was talking about this, I was in shock and awe. And I think she's an outlier in society. Yes. Um, but no, no one talks about it. No yeah. one talks about it. It's so strange, especially at that age. I mean, I think like now we're, you know, part of a more progressive society, whatever. But at that age, no one talks about it. Yeah. No. So yeah, you never masturbated. Yeah. So then, and I was, I was, I, so even though my church was uh, very um, progressive, um, they also instilled like the kind of like Wednesday night youth group leaders kind of sent this message about that sex is really important mm-hmm. and that you should, if you can, like have it with someone that you feel like really cares about you and mm-hmm. that you care about them. So they weren't preaching abstinence at all, mm-hmm. but I think it was a great message to send of yeah. like, you know, have this, have like, you can care about this. It's a big right. deal. Yeah. So I, that definitely settled in my brain because I was like, well, I'm not going to just do whatever. Like I want to be, I want my first time to be with like a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have my first boyfriend until I was like 21, like junior year of college. And I, um, it was very cute actually. Um, I went to college in Westchester and he went to school in the city. So like we would go back and forth. Um, and he was living in alphabet city. He had this like little studio apartment. And so like one of the first times we were fooling around, uh, is when it happened. And I was oh. like, I was like, like, I would kind of realize what was happening as it was happening. And I was like, oh my God. (laughs) Um, Yeah, very, very memorable. Yeah. To say the least. Yeah. And then, sorry if this is like way too personal. 
Do you find that you've had more sexual gratification, whether you define that as actually having an orgasm or just overall having a good experience with men, uh, various categories. So with men in relationships, uh, one night stands with women. Yeah. With that, you know, anyone else like what? Yes. Any trends, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> definitely. If you look at the numbers, um, yeah, definitely people that I am in love with, I have much better experiences with. Mm-hmm. I think it's also a thing too of like, it, it, yeah, not even necessarily in love with, but like if you've been dating someone, you you start to like learn each other's bodies and your mm-hmm. rhythms and what you want. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's no one's fault that, you know, your first time with a stranger, you're like kind of poking in the dark literally and figuratively you right know? yeah like, yeah it's absolutely. no one's fault yeah yeah <laughs> um so yeah definitely in relationships and then I'm sorry I have to say it but I'm better with people that aren't men I I believe that yeah yeah and that it, that doesn't seem surprising to me at all yeah I'm just gonna say it yeah <laughs> yeah fair enough yeah did you have a hard time the first time you hooked up with someone who wasn't a man or did it just come intuitively? Um, I was super nervous. Um, it was a tender date, uh, a few years ago because, Oh, I should say that like prior to this year, like I had tried to date women. I was okay. just like very intimidated and we would be on the date and they'd be like, when did you come out? And I'd be like, oh, I'm not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They'd be like, oh, I've been out since I was 15. I'm like, okay, can I get another beer? Like, <laughs> um, so the first woman I was with, uh, she looked like Jenny from the L Word. Have you seen that show? I haven't seen oh, the okay. L Word, yeah. So she's hot, I assume. Everyone on that show is super hot. She has dark hair and is like petite. And I was just like, I, 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 I knew what I was doing. Like, I was like this, this girl I'm very attracted to. Um, and it was very cute. She was working at a restaurant in Williamsburg and she was like, Oh, come meet me at the wine bar I work at and you can have a drink while I finish up and then we'll go somewhere else. And we went to Metropolitan, which is like classic Williamsburg, uh, gay bar. Um, and we were having a great time. It was so fun. She was like very like soft spoken, um, and this woman approached us and she was like, excuse me, sorry to bother you, but um, like I'm from Portland. I'm thinking about moving to New York. And I just want to say like seeing you two together gives me so much hope. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and it was super sweet, but we also laughed because we were like, oh, well, like we're on our first date. <laughs> like I think what the woman was referring to was because we were both like very feminine Okay. And you don't always see that combination. Okay. So I think that's what she liked seeing, but I just thought it was really funny that Mm -hmm. it was like, oh, well, (laughs) you're welcome. And like, this isn't real. Uh, (laughs) um, And yeah. And and, like, I spent the night at her house and like, um, yeah, I I think it probably wasn't very good, but I was very proud of myself for like... venturing out you know yeah yeah and she was getting out of like an eight-year relationship so she wasn't ready to like yeah start dating yeah yeah I once uh when I broke up with my ex the comedian 
I was like, oh, I'm going to set my hinge to men and women. Like, who knows? Like, I should experiment. I've always thought it would make a world of sense if I was a repressed lesbian because I, you know, I was celibate for seven years. I would never meet guys that I was into. I was like, all the puzzle pieces come together if I'm just secretly gay (laughs) and I'm not embracing my homosexuality. no idea. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so I said it to men and women and... I specifically remember there was this one girl that I matched with, adorable, adorable. And we messaged a little and she's like, so what are you looking for? And I was like, sorry, so uh, like, where'd you say you live? <laughs> like, it was like so early in the messaging. And she's like, so are you like looking for a relationship? What do you, and I was like, I, I, I like, and I was like, I don't even know if I'm into chicks, you know, like it was, it was, I was so overwhelmed and clearly I didn't give the answer. Like she really was looking for a relationship and she wanted to be clear about that from the get go. And she unmatched me immediately when she got the vibe that I wasn't. And I was like, and God, I must've sounded like such like what we associate as a fuck boy. I was like, well, that's too bad. You're so cute though. (laughs) I knew it. Um, yeah and then over time I just realized I was swiping left on all the girls immediately and I was like okay I don't right right. I yeah I just I think I'm not into girls unfortunately but um but I have to give you credit because I don't think a lot of people even you know would go there um and I've been kind of circling this idea lately of kind of coming back around to how you feel about things whether it's your gender, your sexuality, your religion, like whatever it is that you were, was your go-to, like just take a little walk around the yeah. block. Yeah, you know? and you might end up in the same place, but it doesn't, you know, I had a really good friend in high school who is a Baha'i, it's a type mm-hmm. of faith. Mm-hmm. Are you from, okay, mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a religion. It doesn't, we don't have to get into the details of it. She grew up Baha'i and I remember in college or after college, she went on this, kind of exploration of faith and you know she was like I you know I was I was raised with this I was super into it but there's all these other different modalities of faith and she ended up in the exact place that she started out but she took a little tour she explored different things she learned about things and it was something I always really admired in her mm-hmm it, it makes me think of um. Don't the Amish have rum springer? Rum springer. Oh my god. <laughs> They're like, go party for yeah. a year, and then if you like, if you want to come back, come back. If you want to go somewhere else, and it's like, how healthy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah, those kids got down by the way. <laughs> on Wouldn't you? <laughs> One of my life goals is to be invited to a Rumspringa party. I mean, I know I'm approaching an age where it would be really fucking Very weird. inappropriate. Also, like, being so Middle Eastern, people would be like, what is this? Who's like, that person in yeah. the corner? Yeah, and I, I, I just think that it's, like, this stuff that we're just like, I'm this, I'm that. I, it's, it's so important to know yourself. But just ask yourself like is this what i really 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 believe is this what i really feel or was it just prescribed to me yeah what did i just default on it because i saw i with sexuality specifically i think it's just we live in such a heteronormative world so sometimes we don't even you know open our minds to the idea i mean the reason it was in my head ever is because one time i was following some like instagram chick i don't know this was many years ago 
And um, I was looking at something new that she had posted. And I will say it was like pretty suggestive. You know, it was pretty like sexualized her and her the post. But I got a little wet and I was like, oh, my God, am I gay? Like everything makes sense now. (laughs) And then I talked to my mom about it and she was like, I don't know. I I really like. I think you should take this to therapy. I I don't think I'm the right person <laughs> I'm not to qualified. answer. <laughs> and so I talked about it in therapy, and he was like, "I mean, I don't know. Do you think you're gay? Like, I don't know how to answer this question." And after a long time of talking, he's like, "I don't get the vibe that you are, but who knows? Like, sexuality is also on a spectrum. It's not one or the other. Maybe you know." And so then I ended up dating the comedian. And then after that, I was like, you know what? Maybe because I also I will say I would totally hook up with a girl. Mm -hmm. I just can't see myself really getting like actual romantic feelings. Mm -hmm. Well, and to circle back to like, I think it's hard to be confident about that when you haven't had a real life experience. True. Like some people know off the bat, no question. You know, they're like 12 years old. They're like, yeah. Um, but I think uh, it's it's hard to know that. So who knows? You might meet someone. Yeah. And it, it's that one person that sparks yeah. it for you. Yeah. Because I also think you fall in love with people, not genders, not, you know what I mean? It, it's just like, I don't think, you know, there are people out there who are just like, I love German people and that's it. You know what I mean? You fall in love with a person at the end of the day. Yeah, but I mean, obviously we have our preferences of like what we're attracted to. I have a little bit of an issue of that notion when people are talking about like, oh, you can't help it. You know, you fall in love with the person. Because for me, that's almost like belittling, let's say, a woman with a vagina being attracted to someone with a vagina. Does Uh that make sense? uh uh Say more. Yeah. So like, I don't know, just the idea of like, oh, I... I wouldn't normally be attracted to vi- vaginas, but I just couldn't uh, help myself because okay. of this magnetic person. When it's like, okay. no, actually, it's super fine and amazing and wonderful for me to be attracted to someone with this body. Right, right, right. I understand. And they happen to also be this person. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. I got it. <laughs> so you're now in a relationship. I am. Um, with someone who is trans non-binary. Correct. How was that? <laughs> uh, not not that part, but I mean, after you know years of being single, really wanting to manifest partnership, and then finally landing into it. I mean, I both want to know about your experiences now being in a relationship, but I also want to touch on. Well, let's talk about first just being in a relationship, and then I want to talk about the manifestation part of it all. Sure. Yeah. Um, something I've said to friends about it is you know, because of my background of dating a lot, being primarily single, and really towards the end, just valuing that part of my life and and taking pride in it, you know, Mm -hmm. and really cultivating a life for myself that I was proud of. Because I, I would always ask myself, like, if this happens to not be in the cards for you in this go around, in this incarnation, like, how do you want to live your life? Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to be waiting around for this thing that mm-hmm. was not guaranteed. Right. And so that felt really good to mm-hmm. be in that place, firstly. And I just, but I had this feeling. I was like, you know, 
I think when I meet this person, it's just going to be super obvious Mm -hmm. because there's these things that I've been looking for. And I also know like what I have to offer, Mm -hmm. but it's not for everyone. Right. But I knew that the person would really love all these things about me. Mm -hmm. And so kind of finding that in an interesting way um, and having it be so easy. That's the other thing that I knew mm-hmm. is like, there wasn't going to be, Oh, uh, 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 playing games, mm-hmm. conflict, drama. It was going to just happen. Mm-hmm. And so it did, um, not, you know, not, it wasn't completely smooth sailing. Like we're two human beings, but it just, it felt like I knew it would. Um, mm-hmm. and then as we got to know each other more, it just felt like arriving home. I love that. And I mean, it's just such a powerful thing for someone else to be able to see you, you know, and feel like you can be yourself. Yeah. And not only that, but then have them uplift you and encourage you when you don't mm-hmm. feel good. Yeah. And when you're like, oh, like I, uh, to remind you like, no, like these are the amazing things you're doing. Like keep going. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I talked about this last week. Yeah. that I think that is the best part of partnership. Like it's literally having a partner, it's having a teammate. And so when you're dragging, they're there to kind of give you that support, give you that encouragement, like just be there, hear you, you know? Yeah. And I think it's a balance, right? Of like trying not to be codependent, Mm -hmm. not relying on them for everything, not, you know, dumping everything on them. Mm -hmm. Um, But a balance of... For me, my work now is to try to be more vulnerable mm-hmm. and try to allow them to support me because I want to mm-hmm. always say like, oh, no, 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 I got it. I'm fine. I'm fine. And they're right. like, no, you, you're, you can accept my help. Right. That's part of the reason I'm here. Yeah. Well, and I bet it's, I mean, in part, just being single for so long, you learn to take care of yourself, but also going back to that kind of like maybe Samantha sex in the city archetype where you're (laughs) kind of like an island, like you, you got it. Like you're strong. You're the strong chick who doesn't need. Yeah. Right. right. Which I was very good at. Yeah. Because it's scary letting someone in. Yeah. Because then, you know, if you start to rely on them or even (laughs) like start to you know mold your lives together I think the risk gets bigger of like well what happens when this fails yeah yeah but I think it's you know if you if you're in that place and you like and things feel primarily good like it's such a risk that you should be willing to take it's like what what else are we doing (laughs) yeah right you know yeah At the same time, I also want to say, like, I think people are really scared to be alone. So I think regardless of, you know, how my personal circumstances go, like, I'm such an advocate for people spending time alone. Oh, my God. And my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) And for us not seeing, you know, being single as like the waiting room to your real life. Yeah. Yeah, I have to say for me, that didn't change until Van Guy and I broke up. When Van Guy and I broke up, I remember thinking, 
I literally do not give a shit if I'm single until the day I die. <laughs> like something in me. And before that relationship, there were so many times where I wanted to get there, but I wanted to be there because I was like, once I get there, then I'll find it, right? It wasn't out of actually being there. Whereas when Fangai and I broke up, I think it was something about that relationship where I was like, who cares? Like, like you can be in a relationship. Like he's the most emotionally available guy in the world. It was like the easiest situation. And there were many things that I really did love about him. I mean, there were a lot of things I didn't, but there were many things that I did love about him. And, you know, it was a very easy for the most part and great and supportive and safe relationship. But I was like, this isn't fixing all of my problems, you know? A hundred percent, yeah. It's not this magic bullet to everything being good. And then when I was able to confront, like, possibly my biggest fear of, like, again, being in a relationship and having it end and actually having the strength to be the one to end it, I was like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Like, it, it, like, I just, it does not matter. And I really am in that place today. Like if something were to happen and Ozzy and I broke up, I mean, not that I wouldn't be sad. I'm sure I'd be sad. I'm sure I'd mourn parts of the relationship, but it wouldn't be the way I used to feel. Like I think I'd be, again, I just don't care if I'm single until I die. Like I just, I single partnered, whatever. There are things that are magical and amazing about being partnered, but it just I mean, I think that really speaks to your security with yourself, you know, and who you are. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, because um, I, I, it, nothing is guaranteed. Mm -hmm. uh, one, one of my best friends from high school, she met her soulmate. Um, yeah, I also am not sure if that's real, but if it is, these two were soulmates. And they were both like daredevils. And she was, they, they were young. Um, and they went like race car driving and she got in an accident and passed away. Oh no. When she oh, was I'm like, so sorry. When, I, I, this was a long time ago, but, yeah. um, and I, he, I always think about him because I think you can meet the love of your life and get married. And right before your one year wedding anniversary, the person's taken away from you. Yeah. So to hinge everything on this thing is not it. Yeah. Because we don't know how much time we have. And so I think we owe it to ourselves to, to, you know, cultivate a relationship with ourselves. Yeah. And then everyone else in our life is an addition. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is the only relationship that no matter what is always there. Start to finish. Yeah. <laughs> Truly. Yeah. I do want to touch on, okay, so there's something you've wanted to manifest, you know, for a long time. You finally get it. What advice would you give to someone who's in that position or to your former self? And it doesn't have to be specific to relationships. It can be, but just someone, because, you know, I find myself, I wanted to, you know, the number one thing that I wanted was a partner. And now I finally have this partner who's like everything on my list, yada, yada, whatever. But I still find myself and I like see now I'm like, oh, it all worked out in divine timing. Like I'm even, you know, him and I first went out a year ago 
And then he went back to Australia and, and, you know, I dated a fan guy, whatever. And I see how everything had to work out on this timeline. Like I had to date fan guy first. Like it changed me as a person. All these things had to happen. And so I'm grateful for all that time where I was like single and depressed about being single and, you know, so desperately wanting a partner and it wasn't coming through. Like I see the divine timing in it all now, but even even though I see it in that area, you know, there are certain things in my career that I want to manifest that I can't channel that same interesting patience for, you know? So what advice would you give maybe to your former self or someone else who's really wanting to manifest something and isn't getting there yeah. or, uh, you know, hasn't gotten it yet. And maybe their patience is running thin. Yes. Um, well, to use myself as, as an example with the relationship piece, I, I always tried to tell myself like exactly what you're saying. It's, it's a timing issue. And if you want it this much, it's probably guaranteed to happen. Mm -hmm. So please stop trying to control the situation. Mm -hmm. You don't have to try so hard, you know, just keep showing up every day with, you know, as much vitality and integrity as you can love for yourself, love for others. And it'll probably come in. Now, I'm not saying don't try. I'm not saying mm -hmm. don't date, you mm -hmm. know, but just that that desperation energy of like, oh, I need this to happen isn't going to make it happen. Mm -hmm. Also, I want to speak to like, so another example, um, I used to live in New York City. I was manifesting a move upstate somewhere. I was super open, but I had certain things on my list, as we say, of the place I wanted. Mm -hmm. I found, you know, my dream cottage in Woodstock. And then six months later, uh, the landlord uh, needed to sell the property and I had to move out. And that was a really interesting experience because I felt like, oh, I failed or, you know, I did something mm -hmm. wrong for, mm -hmm. that I, you know, this manifestation came, came through and then it was like in a weird way taken away from me. But again, it's like, well, there was obviously like a lesson or some reason I, I landed in my next place mm -hmm. and all of that is not a failure on my part, you know, mm -hmm. like I'm not doing something wrong. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm trying, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm doing everything in my power to like live in a home I love. And, and I think sometimes we just don't have control over this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think to think that we do entirely is, uh, a little capitalistic. Right. And to, to look at life as like things to be consumed Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess if you, you know, if that's the life you want to live, good for you. I consider myself a spiritual person. And so I don't think that's why we're here mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> to obtain. I think we're here to, to love each other and to exist as peacefully as possible. Mm -hmm. And there's so much that gets in the way of that, that our work is to untangle those pieces. Mm-hmm. So I think if there's like something you're going after, it's, it's, <laughs> no one ever wants to hear this, but it's like, how can you surrender more? Right. How can you let go more? Right. Without giving up. Mm -hmm. Two different things. Yeah. I love that. I'm going to apply that to my career stuff. Yeah. 
And I wonder if it's an energetic thing, you know? Like you can still be sending the emails, mm-hmm. making the phone calls, but what's your energy when you're doing those? Right, you know? right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like every, like, let's say, you know, you're submitting job applications, sending your resume out. This is not my situation, but hypothetically, it's like that, like, oh my God, I need this job energy, right? right. The same with dating, right? It's every date, like, oh my God, is this going to be my person? It's too much pressure. Yeah. And then w- remind ourselves, uh, we only need one place to live. We only need one job. Well, depending. Um, only need one primary partner. So like once you got it, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, ah! It's like, no. Like once it comes through, then you don't have to worry. Yeah. So what would happen if you like borrowed some of that? not worrying mm-hmm. yeah yeah i guess that's that kind of cliche like how would you be living if you already had this yes and i think that's kind of old school like oh your picture you're already there it's yeah not, it's not that exactly right i don't think it's, yeah it's just like trying not to stress about it and like we're also you know i like i like to look at life almost like as a there's there's I think like fucking self-help worksheets like the wheel of life you know you like color in different areas Mm -hmm. so it's like if one area is depleted and one area is full is there an area that's kind of in the middle that you could like put some energy towards Mm -hmm. there you know kind of Mm -hmm. direct the flow and um open up space Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. Are you working so much on advancing your career that you're neglecting your body? Mm-hmm. Are you worried so much about how your body looks that you're neglecting your relationship? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm trying to restore balance in those places. I love that. I love that. I think that's a good place to end. Is there anything that you we didn't cover that you want to touch on? No, I, I knew that the, you know, it would flow as yeah. it was supposed to. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Caitlin. This has been so amazing. This has been really fun. We should uh, do a part two. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, we'll put all your info in the show notes. If anyone wants to work with Caitlin, highly recommend it. You'll know where to find her. Have a good week, guys. 